Chris, I have a riddle for you. Okay. What's a phone that you can't call? It's sometimes big, but often small. Uh, I don't know. A microphone. Oh, I get it. Podcast humor. Nailed it. Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Chris. And I'm Lance. And today we're talking about the Riddler. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yes, another Batman villain, uh, Batman Rogues Gallery edition. We've done, uh, uh, who did we talk about previously? We've done... We've done Joker. Joker. And I think that's it, right? Yeah, we well, we've done other like DC villains. Yeah, but this is the second Batman villain. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the character of the Riddler. So the Riddler is a criminal mastermind in Gotham City, mostly being a foil to Batman. He has an obsessive compulsion to incorporate riddles, puzzles, and elaborate death traps in his schemes to challenge his opponents and prove his intellectual superiority over the Gotham police and batman himself because of his self-conscious gimmick the crimes are often flamboyant and elaborate and multi-layered he's often depicted in a green outfit either a unitard or a suit in green and purples with a question mark as his visual motif uh going into his his origin we have to look to there's been a few different versions of it but the definitive one is kind of a chosen to be Detective Comics Annual Number 8, which was in 1995. As a young child, Edward was always asking lots of questions. He was frustrated because adults never seemed to know the answers, and he vowed to be the one with the answers. But that also means that he needed to make the questions, right? So at school, he was a nobody. He was unnoticed by even the bullies. And his parents were often fighting over stuff and and maybe even him. So he was kind of having a rough home life as well. And then at school, one day, the teacher said, hey, there was a contest to solve a puzzle. And whoever could solve the puzzle the fastest would win a prize. Pretty simple. So this really ignited his curiosity. And he really wanted to win. He's like, if I can win, I will be somebody. But the curiosity got the better of him, and he decided to cheat. So he snuck in the school at night, went to the teacher's lounge or the teacher's office, figured out how to solve the puzzle, did it faster and faster and faster until he could do it in under a minute. And then he comes back the next day and he solves the puzzle, wins the prize. And guess what the prize is, Lance? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> it's a book of puzzles and riddles. And he's just, this kind of sets off this imagination in Edward Nigma and says, yeah, this is my thing. This is my, I found my calling. But, you know, as he gets older, he gets a job as a delivery guy and it's very boring and normal work life is just super, super dull for him. So one time in a delivery, he notices at a bank, there's just a lot of money just sitting there. And he's like, I could I could take this. I, I know how 
I could take this and this would make things more exciting for me. It would open up some some doors for me. So he starts robbing banks because he figures out how to do it. He's a he's a smart guy. But even that's boring to him. So he wants to challenge himself by almost uh, luring the police, the cops to to give them challenges to try to figure out clues on like who's doing it and then to make it know that make them know that it's actually him. So he starts leaving little riddles at the crime scenes. And there's there's one part of the story where it says like he's he's he goes somewhere else expecting them to meet them, meet him there. But and the teller's like, you got the money. Why don't you just leave? And he's like, I'm expecting somebody. Just wait. And they never show up because the cops can't figure out the riddle. So (laughs) so he but eventually, like, so he starts doing different things and he starts doing things where he leaves like um, a a deadly trap with the riddle or he leaves something that um, can hurt people or and eventually starts leaving bombs and dynamite and things like that. And it's at this point when there's dynamite involved that he has his first run in with. Batman and the Batman shows up and he's like, who are you supposed to be? And and Rid- Riddler drops the dynamite and Batman starts punching on him. And he's like, did you forget I had dynamite? And it blows up and it kind of and he gets away the first time that they meet. He actually gets away. So that's kind of the origin of the Riddler is he's he builds this curiosity uh, calling card and it just ends up being he he finds kind of his match with the Batman. I love the fact that just these average human beings are just surviving explosions from dynamite at point blank range. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, small, small dynamite, small, just small dynamite. I mean, some, some of them probably died, but I, uh, it didn't go into too much detail with that. Some known names and aliases for Edward Nigma are Edward Nigma with Nigma with an I and also a Y Edward Nashton, which is the version of, Edward that we're going to see in the Batman movie coming out very soon. We also have Prince of Puzzlers, King of Conundrums, Detective Riddler, Mockingbird, Hush, Enigma, and Patrick Parker. We'll talk about the Hush one a little bit later, but um, you know, obviously he's gone through things and also the Detective Riddler. We're going to talk about that too. Powers and abilities include a genius level intellect. He's a criminal mastermind, a skilled inventor, an engineer, an escape artist, and constructs lethal and complex contraptions. And I just love the fact that he basically went from just like, I like solving riddles and puzzles to death traps for Batman. That's, that's some escalation. Yeah, it, he's basically Jigsaw from the Saw movies. Right? Like it's it's sort yeah. of like uh, it, or maybe Jigsaw is, is sort of loosely based on the Riddler because he's just like, I'm going to create games that you have to figure out. And, he's he's but, Bane. He became. Yeah, Bane. <laughs> he just becomes Bane. Wait, Jigsaw is Bane and the Riddler put together. It's so the Riddler or I could say we could say Jigsaw is just like an emo version of the Riddler because the, Rid- the Riddler is like jubilant. He's very he's very into the carnival aspect of of riddles. Um, so Riddler has been affiliated with several different organizations, many villains, but some good things as well, which we'll get into. But the first of which is the GCPD. So he did actually work with the Gotham City Police Department, which we'll get into later. Uh, he's been a part of the League of Villainy, the Secret Society of Supervillains, the Suicide Squad, the Injustice League, the Secret Six, and the Legion of Doom. Now, every time we do a DC villain, it, it seems like they're always part of either the Suicide Squad, the Legion of Doom, or the Secret Society of Supervillains. It, it, it's kind of like one of those three. <laughs> it's like they're, they're, I, it's never 
something kind of random. It's always like one of those things, but yeah, it's that's how it is. Those are just the ones that have like the good health benefits. They, yeah, they have good health benefits and, you know, medical, dental. 401k. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong. Um, supporting characters uh, in his comics appearances, um, I put in various bat villains because he has kind of alliances and also uh, clashes with many of the bat villains uh, in, as well. Batman himself, many of the bat families and. I didn't know this. He actually has a daughter in some more recent tellings named Enigma. Enigma, like one word. So that's I put that as a supporting character. Um, antagonists, obviously, Batman, the members of the Bat family. Uh, also, he had a pretty memorable storyline with the Flash as he was looking for like, eh, I want to find another person that can challenge me. And he decided to go after the Flash and has a pretty interesting storyline with with him as well. Um, he's also commonly an antagonist with the Joker. In fact, there's a whole storyline where he goes very much to war with the Joker, which I'll talk about a little bit later. There is a storyline where he messes with the question, which is another character in DC green arrow arsenal black canary. So that whole, uh, the, the green arrow, uh, verse, uh, and, uh, and of course the justice league. And just something to add to because at his name is Edward Nigma. So an E Nigma, which is a play on Enigma, which is a person or thing that is mysterious, puzzling, or difficult to understand. Right on. So very, very interesting stuff about him. You know, he's a he's a normal human. He's not a meta human, but he is incredibly deadly and super smart. So with that being said, how did this King of Conundrums come to be? For that, we go into the archives. The Riddler, a.k.a. Edward Nigma, was created by writer Bill Finger and artist Dick Spring. We discussed Bill Finger during our third issue ever, where we covered the Joker. If you're interested in hearing about the complicated history behind Bill Finger's eventual vindication in being credited as co-creator of the Clown Prince of Crime, as well as Batman, I strongly suggest giving that episode a listen. Yeah. You should listen to that episode anyway. Yeah, (laughs) please go listen to it. It's fun. Bill Finger was born Milton Finger. He was a part-time shoe salesman and an aspiring writer in the 1930s. He began working for Bob Kane for his new-founded studio in 1938. They actually both went to the same high school, but they met each other at a party, and then Finger was invited by Kane to work for his studio. Finger began as a ghostwriter for strips including Rusty and Clip Carson. Now, a ghostwriter is basically someone that works on the project, but is uncredited. Yeah. And we're not talking about ghost writer, like, like flaming skull head, a ghost writer where, you know, it's like, I, I couldn't, I, I would not be able to live with myself if I was a ghost artist, you know? So like you're doing <laughs> yes. something where you're not getting credit for something is awful. And you're just like, give me the credit. And, and to have come up with so many characters, ugh, it just still makes me mad. Bill Finger, he he created so many incredible characters and the fact that he would legitimately go his entire life without the recognition of creating those characters. He, he passed away before he was given credit for Batman Joker. It, it was really bad. And it was because he was a ghostwriter that he remained in that anonymity for so long. And he also, when he died, it was in poverty. Like he didn't mm. have much. Uh, yeah, it, it's a Terrible. really sad story. Bill Finger helped develop Batman, including many of his major attributes, including his name, 
character design, the fact that he was a scientific detective. He created the Batmobile, the Batcave, and even, even Gotham City. He would write the initial script for Batman's first appearance in Detective Comics 27 in May 1939. Additional character co-creations include the Joker, which we mentioned earlier, the first Batgirl, Betty Kane, Batmite, Ace, the Bathound, Clayface, Lana Lang, Dick Grayson slash Robin, the Penguin, the original Green Lantern, Alan Scott, Catwoman, Red Hood, not Jason Todd, the original Red Hood, Commissioner Gordon, Mad Hatter, Polka Dot Man, Scarecrow, Two-Face, and of course, the Riddler, among many others. It it is unbelievable the list of characters that he was a part of creating, and it's so sad that he was not just applauded for everything that he did in his entire career. Yeah, that's a that that's a list. That is a that's a big one. That's that's a huge list. That is a uh like he should be credited with so many of like the golden age creations because he was was, and oh he's so impressive due to his status as a ghostwriter bill finger like we mentioned would pass away before receiving the credit he so rightfully deserved however in 2005 comic-con international created the bill finger award for excellence in comic book writing which is awarded to two creators annually one living and one deceased oh that's interesting Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just to just to show that those creators that did not get the recognition that they deserved when they were alive get it afterwards and are given the credit that they so rightfully deserve and the praise that they deserved. Now, artist Dick Spring started his professional illustrating career at a very young age, painting signs and handbills for local advertisers. He worked in magazines and newspapers until moving to New York City in 1936, where he began illustrating for pulp magazines as a freelancer, working on things like westerns, detective stories, adventure stories. As pulp magazines declined in the late 1930s, Spring gravitated toward comic books. He co-founded his own studio and would later send samples of his art to DC Comics editor Whitney Ellsworth, who then assigned him to his first Batman story in 1941. Now, DC feared that Bob Kane would be drafted to serve in World War II, which led to Sprang being brought in as a safeguard. His first published works for Batman was Batman and Robin on the cover of Batman issue 18 in 1943, which was a reproduction of some art that was in Detective Comics 84. His first original work on Batman can be found in Batman 19, however, again, uncredited once uh, as a ghost artist. His work was predominantly on Batman comics and newspaper strips, becoming one of the primary artists for Batman in the character's first 20 years of existence. He began drawing Superman and Superman-Batman team-up stories for World's Finest Comics in 1955. He actually also worked on the first prototype for Supergirl, and his other co-creations include Killer Moth, Firefly, and one of my personal favorites, thanks to the Harley Quinn show, Kite Man. (laughs) Finger and Sprain would unite, create, and debut the Riddler in Detective Comics 140 in 1948. Now, unrelated to comics, Sprain was also a notable explorer, and his documents regarding his like exploratory research and findings are actually archived at Northern Arizona University's Klein Library, Special Collections in Flagstaff, Arizona, as well as some being found in Utah Historical Society in Salt Lake City, Utah. So he had a really eclectic life. Yeah, and I want to say too, 
uh, if you're not familiar with what his style is, if you ever watch the Batman uh, live action show, that style in the opening credits um, where it kind of shows the kind of big blocky Batman, that's Dick Spring. That it's that's not Bob Kane. Bob Kane's design is a little bit different from the original um, creation, but Dick Spring sort of took it to a, a cleaner level with Robin, you know, it's kind of the big wide shoulders and very angular little bat symbol and big rigid jawline and everything like that. Like that's, you can see it right on that cover of like, of, uh, of Batman 19 and everything. It's, 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 it's pretty cool. Now let's move on to our pull list and reading suggestions. How about you go first, Chris? Okay. So it was hard to pick a, a Riddler story because there's a lot of good ones and there's a lot of, there's a lot of stories that he's featured in, but he's not necessarily the main character in. There's also a lot of stories that he's in that based on some reviews, because I haven't read every single one of them uh, are not necessarily the best stories. So I tried to find a, uh, a combination where he's heavily featured, but it's also supposed to be pretty entertaining. Uh, what I ended up with uh, picking for the poll list is called Batman War of Jokes and Riddles. And this takes place in the DC Rebirth timeline. Uh, so pretty recently in, in, in his history. But it was written by Tim King um, and art by Mikhail Janin or Janin. Uh, it's a flashback story that Batman is actually telling to Catwoman about events earlier in his career. Uh, and this is they're engaged at this point. So it's during that uh, Batman Catwoman engagement. Um, so it's during Batman's earlier points uh, when the Riddler and Joker decide to go to war with each other. And it's because the Riddler finds out that Joker has kind of lost his ability to laugh. Now, like physically, he just he's like, I'm just not laughing. And and Riddler sort of like, oh, that's a question. Why isn't he laughing? And he makes it as his sort of uh, mission to get him to laugh. And uh, and they have they're having dinner or something. And Joker just shoots him <laughs> and he's like, what that, and, you know, and then they, they, so he like declares war on the Joker um, and he gets, they both get a bunch of like villains to be on their side. So, you know, Riddler has all these villains like poison Ivy and, and two face. It's like fantasy rogues gallery. Yeah. Yeah. And Batman's like, Whoa, you know, you guys are going to tear the city apart and he's trying to stop them. And, um, and there's some great moments like Deadshot versus Deathstroke and kite man is also in this story. Of course. Hell yeah. And it's kind of silly <laughs> and violent and I'm, I'm just here for it. Uh, and it's, it's kind of fun because eventually Batman in order to win the war, he has to side with somebody and he decides to actually side with, with Riddler because he know he he knows he's not going to side with the Joker. So he's like, I'm going to use Riddler to defeat Joker and then try to defeat both of you. And eventually that's kind of what happens. But because he does that and Riddler betrays him, that's eventually, I think, what what causes uh, Joker to to laugh. Um, but it's it's a it's not the you know, it's not the best story, but it's an entertaining one. It's a very popcorn story. And just the fact that you have like rogues fighting each other and and batman's like ah you know like in the middle it's it's uh it's pretty entertaining um uh, i i enjoyed it so that's batman war of jokes on war of jokes and riddles perfect that sounds like a lot of fun 
Now, normally our picks are like a short run or a trade paperback, a few issues. My pick this week is actually just a single issue. It is Detective Comics issue 822, and its subtitle is called E.Nigma Consulting Detective. Now, this is written by Paul Dini, who was a writer and executive producer of the 1992 Batman the Animated Series, mm-hmm. as well as artist Don Kramer. Now, the story is about a team-up between Edward Nigma, between the Riddler and Batman. The, the story revolves around uh, Riddler wakes up from a coma. He doesn't remember uh, Batman's secret identity as Bruce Wayne. And the Riddler is hired by Carrie Bishop's uncle to investigate her murder. So Carrie Bishop dies. Her uncle has a bunch of money and doesn't think that Gotham City PD will be able to figure things out. And he's obviously not able to contact Batman to help out. So he basically pays off a doctor at Arkham to give the Riddler a clean bill of health to then let him out of Arkham in order to figure out what happened to his niece. And it results in the Riddler, Batman teaming up, and they go... It's such a hilarious back and forth between them because the Riddler is just like joking with Batman the whole time and Batman is really struggling to just tolerate the Riddler being there. <laughs> they they ride around in the Batmobile together. And like Riddler's, this know-it-all little nephew. Like, what's yes. that? Yeah, well, I know more than this. And here's a random fact. <laughs> it's so funny. And Riddler's like, you missed this fact. And he like goes off on a tangent. They're in the Batmobile together. And the Riddler's like, this is the, the first time I've been in the Batmobile conscious. And, and th- there's just so many things going on in the background when Batman is talking to somebody investigating. And the you can just see the Riddler like interacting with people in the background. And it's very animated style like you can tell like paul dini was definitely giving notes to kramer about like what he wants the riddler to be doing at certain times but they go all over the place in the storyline there's a sex club there there's (laughs) there's banter there's people being thrown off of rooftop rooftops and batman like throwing them back onto the rooftop it is an incredible story and one that is a definite must read for any riddler fan that sounds awesome. Uh, now, he 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 doesn't he remains a kind of detective for a while, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Yeah, like it's, it's not just this one issue like he uh, it takes him a while to actually like, get back to the life of crime and like start, you know, because he I, I think during this time when he's like consulting for the GCPD, he's like, um, you know, he gets hired by different people to find th- people that have gone missing. He gets hired by villains to find things and you know, find p- people or things. But but as a like smart consulting detective, which is which is really interesting. And then eventually, you know, he does sort of find his way back to a life of villainy, getting some of his memories back. And uh, but yeah, it's w- what a great twist on the character. And, and just the, it kind of answers. We I think we were originally contemplating the what if question of like what if he used his powers for good and and they've done that like yes it's that's uh that's great uh what about your grail find lance what what's um uh, i don't have anything riddler related <laughs> so this one is all oh well, i guess technically i have the same kind of the same i have the collected version of the thing that you have in as your grail. So I'll okay. let you talk about we'll, it. We'll we'll talk about it together. So uh my grail find uh I was gonna go with one thing, which was the long Halloween. And I also have its sequel called Dark Victory. And 
the Riddler is featured in that. He is one of the villains that's in the long Halloween. Uh, we've, we've mentioned that before. Um, and, uh, and it's great, but I also want to, uh, I, I want to pick something that that's, he was a little bit more integral in or important in. So I ended up going with hush, which is, um, I, I really love this storyline. Uh, it's, it's, uh, illustrated by Jim Lee, one of my favorite artists, uh, kind of classic, you know, Marvel DC image artist. And it's beautiful. Uh, it's beautifully drawn, beautifully illustrated, uh, very well written. And, um, and Riddler is not in the storyline until the very end, but his presence is felt because you find out spoilers because, you know, is that he's basically the mastermind behind everything. Like Hush is stopped by Batman and he figures out like, wait a minute, this, this, you know, you're, you're not pulling all the strings. And he finds out that, you know, Riddler has uh, Edward Nygma has cancer and he basically is like working with um, he's working with uh, Hush. And I'll not spoil who Hush is if you haven't seen it, but um, uh, in, in the comics, at least uh, he's working with him to like gather all of the different rogues to do different things. I mean, there's like a clay face poses as Jason Todd coming back from the grave who later we find out he did come back from the grave, but that's a whole nother story. Um, he, you know, he gets killer croc to do stuff. He gets Ivy to get Superman. Like it's, it's his whole master plan to make the hush thing happen. And eventually he's like, and I know your secret identity. You're Bruce Wayne. And Bruce Wayne has this great moment of like, yeah, but you're not going to tell anybody. He's like, oh, yeah, why not? He's like, because if you tell somebody, then it's no longer it's it's no longer unique. Like everybody's going to know. And you're the only one that knows the answer to the question. And it's going to ruin it's going to ruin the riddle. Who is Batman? And he's like, uh, 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 <laughs> he's like oh you got me like it's this great moment that he draws his like head goes down he's like damn it <laughs> like like you're right i'm not gonna say anything because i i appreciate the riddle too much uh i love that moment that's it's such a great moment at the end yeah hush is incredible is i think it was one of the first trade paperbacks i ever read like it mm. just when i was getting more into comics it was one of the first full stories I got into and Jim Lee's art. I, I couldn't look away. It is beautiful. Like the images of like Batman and Catwoman together were so cool. Yeah. And hush is a great character design. And th- there's so many of those characters that I don't think have ever looked better than in this trade. So it's, it's very, it's, it's very superhero. Right. I mean, like that's Jim Lee's is, is like yes. just full on like superhero kind of style. And, and, Batman's rogues gallery and Batman himself, you know, it's a little bit more street level kind of stuff. It's not full on like X-Men, Superman, that kind of thing. But although Superman's in it and he draws Superman great. Um, but but yeah, it's it's definitely fun to see like his style. And, and as far as the Riddler, I, I like how he draws him where it's it's you know, he draws him kind of clever looking and kind of smarmy. And you get that sort of ego inflated uh, look that that you know he has and it's uh yeah it's it's a it's a fun one so i definitely recommend hush now this is kind of a nice segue into adaptations because there has been an adaptation of hush and i just want to say right away it's it's not good 
Um, I mean, they try to do a Jim Lee kind of style as far as the art, but but the really the thing that where it kind of falls is Riddler ends up being Hush, which is just dumb. Like it, they they kind of botch the whole like Thomas Elliot thing. Like it's it, yeah, it's rough. It's it's not great. It, it was because Hush watch. is such a great story, and it's understandable that when they want to do an adaptation, they want to make something that the fans of the storyline will enjoy, but then also keep things fresh for them. But it was just a change that shouldn't have been made. Yeah. D- DC animation's very, very hit or miss. Like they, usually, usually the animation is spot on. It's just, there, there's a few that, that are at or misses, but what was majority the one, of the time I feel like the one they where crush it. Batgirl makes out, makes out with the, the, yeah, they, did, they the, did the killing, the killing joke. joke. Yeah. yeah. She's Barbara sleeps with Batman. Yeah, so well, but moving on from that, let's talk about stuff that Riddler has done that we'll enjoy. So, uh, I'm my, one of my picks is going to be obviously Batman Forever, 1995. Jim Carrey in all his beautiful glory, bringing everything he could to that role. Do you remember the his little tagline from the trailer or from the from the movie? No. So he says, "Riddle me this, riddle me that." Who's afraid of the big bad bat? Yes, I do remember that. I just remember him also saying 900 billion other lines that I could have yeah, yeah, could have been like, I don't know what it is. It's very Jim Carrey. I mean, I yeah, I, it's it definitely stands out as as something. But uh, I'm going to counter that as that was definitely an homage to one of my favorite Riddler portrayals, which is Frank Gorshin in the live action Batman show. I, I kind of grew up as a kid watching this show uh in reruns but but it was still just as mesmerizing and that version of the riddler it was a very cackly kind of <laughs> just how he laughed and everything we're talking 60s batman right yeah yeah, yeah i mean okay. 60s batman you know unitard a little domino mask with the purple and uh, frank gorshin is a is an amazing character actor if, if you're not familiar with who he is he's he did he was in episodes of Star Trek. He was in episode. He was in a ton of Westerns. Um, you know, in his time, he was a seminal character actor and he just he was nominated for an Emmy for yeah, the Riddler. It's amazing. Which uh, it, back in the day, if you can imagine that, uh, it was just like how ridiculous it is and the Batman live action movie that they made from that, you know, with Adam West and everything like that. So he was in that, too. Um, that that just. I think for so many in a, in an older generation, myself included, you know, that, that don't, that remember that show or grew up with that show. Uh, that's, that was such a iconic Riddler, just like how he moves and how clever he is and how it's just like uh razor sharp, you know, when he's like coming up with uh, these, these tricks that, um, Batman has to escape at the what will happen you know yeah <laughs> at the end of the episode I I loved that I grew up watching the reruns for it because my dad also watched them yeah and it was just so much fun to 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 just witness what was happening on screen and like Gorshin was so animated he he was like a cartoon on screen that was probably the only one more animated than him was going to be Cesar Romero as the Joker yeah. Yeah. So it, it's so much fun to go back and watch that show. It it's it's a blast. So that's a great pick. Uh, my final pick is going to be Jim Rash's 
uh, <laughs> Riddler from the Harley Quinn HBO Max series. So good. If you have not watched Harley Quinn on HBO Max, do it immediately. It is so much fun. And the characters are out there. Like Bane is hilarious. But Jim Rash, you might know as the Dean from Community. He voices the Riddler in this show. And he's yeah. hilarious. It's a great, especially season two. Uh, season two, you get a lot more Riddler. You do. He uh, like gets stuck in a, on a treadmill and just gets shredded. <laughs> and he's just like really buff in the next season. It's so much yeah, fun. It's fun. What what I like about that show, I and mean, not to go too much into Harley Quinn, but but you know to focus on the Riddler is is they it's as is as much of a parody of superhero shows and superhero characters as it is a show with Harley Quinn and and going into that. Like there's some nice little dramatic moments and stuff, but it's mostly it's just kind of ridiculous. It's almost like Rick and Morty meets Batman is the best way I describe it to people because it just goes off the rails and it makes fun of the things that super villains do and how, how silly it is. I mean, they, they have like a, a villain, like dinner party at one point and like, and like the super villains show up and they have orientation for the Legion of doom. It's just, it's just stupid stuff like that, but it's really, it's just really funny. Yeah. And, and the stuff that Riddler does, um, making playing with Harley Quinn's gang, um, is just, is just very entertaining for sure. Yeah. All right, Chris, hit us with the true Riddler that so many people know. Well, for sure. So uh, the the one that I think we have to mention is the Batman animated series Riddler, which is uh, John Glover. Now, not many people know who this is. Of course, we all know Mark Hamill, the Joker. <gasps> How right? dare you say that well, we I'm, don't know well, John Glover? Uh, we know, right? We know, but not. I don't think... If you said, okay, well, who are the voices of the villains in uh, Batman animated series? And we would know Mark Hamill, right? We would know um, uh, Clancy Brown. You know, we would know we would know certain people. Like if you're a fan of voice acting, I don't know if many people know John Glover. Well, also because the Riddler was not in that many episodes. And and it was because the writers found it hard to write for him because one, they either thought that the storylines for the Riddler were going to take too long and you can't only you only have like 22 23 minutes unless you do multiple episodes which at that point they weren't really doing later in Justice League they would do stuff like that anyway or they it's hard to write for somebody that is supposedly smarter than Batman so like you have to think of things that are at once challenging and also realistically uh, believable that Batman would have trouble finding the answer to those things like so I, I understand as you know also someone that's dabbled in comics writing is is it's hard to write for an intellectual character it's why a lot of people don't play wizards in D D because it's like wait i have to be smart <laughs> like and they're just worried about being really smart um so yeah i i, I get it like he's only in a couple of episodes but i i remember one where he's like he makes a video game and the, the commissioner Gordon is trapped inside the video game and, and Batman and Robin like have to go in this VR world and it's called like the Minotaur or something. And they're surfing on a hand and they, I don't know, it's, it's weird, but it's uh it's uh you know, they, they basically like have to go through this maze that the Riddler comes up with. And um, yeah, it's, it's entertaining. I mean, and such a great portrayal because he, he plays him so cocky and like, and and um, like I'm the I'm the smartest person you'll ever meet, and, you know, and, and it's different and subtler and cleaner than 
than the previous versions of the Riddler that we've seen of this kind of cackling, jumpy buffoon. Um, and it separates him a lot from the Joker. Yeah. Um, and John Glover is just an amazing actor, period. If if you don't immediately recognize the name, but you are a superhero fan, you probably know him as Lionel Luther from Smallville. Uh, so Lex's dad and he's incredible in that series and he's just a big talent. And so having him as the Riddler in the uh, Batman animated series, is just a treat. Now we are very excited because we're going to have Paul Dano who will be playing Edward Nashton, the Riddler in the Batman coming out on March 4th. So very soon. And this is a much darker interpretation of not only the character, but also the the lore of Batman from what we've seen from the trailers and what we've seen from interviews. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm not going to lie, because like sometimes DC has been kind of hit and miss. And, you know, I'll see it, of course. And I'm sure I'm going to love a lot of aspects of it. I'm just like, I hope it's not so dark that they take away some of the the you know, enjoyment that the Riddler gets. So I'm worried it's just going to be this Zodiac killer, dark, dark, dark. And and I, I like a little bit of, you know, like he, he, he should enjoy doing riddles and he should enjoy the, the hunt as much as the, the villain aspect of it. But I, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm curious to see how this interpretation happens. Uh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll do a Batman, the movie, the Batman, uh, like recap you know, after, after we see it. Yeah. I'm, I'm very hopeful. Paul Dano's a great actor and. Oh, he's great. Yeah. I, I, I'm very excited to see it. The more I watch the trailer, the more excited I am for this movie. Now it's that time again. Let's get into. Each issue we do what nerds do best. We share our fever dream concepts for the comics that we love. And this week, we decided to switch things up a bit and in true Riddler fashion, play a little game of Would You Rather. We we aren't clever enough to come up with real riddles and having us sit here in silence trying to come up with the answer <laughs> does not make for good podcasting. So we decided to do like morality questions, which are, it's like, it's like the, the trolley problem from The Good Place. It's like, would you do this or would you do this? What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. So I'll ask you first, Chris. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Would you rather have every comic you will ever read be 100% incredible, like blow you away, just an mm. incredible narrative. But yes. once you read it, you can never read it ever again. Mm. Or on the other scale of it, have every comic book movie be incredible, jaw-dropping, like keeps your interest the entire time, but you can only see that one. So basically you have to choose between comics and films as far as taking in your media and they're both amazing or one is amazing, but you can only see it once. Hmm. Uh, wow. That's, um, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm like, well, I could give up the, no, but the, the, I guess I would say I would want to see the movies once and never see them again because that way I could go back and read the comics (laughs) because I think that for me that's important just to have that ability to go back and revisit and look at and stuff like that with movies it's like I'm okay with you know seeing it in the moment and enjoying that even if it's an amazing superhero movie like it can live in my head um, much better than 
you know, being able to go back and like reread comics because I because I do that. And and also I like looking I like reading it the first time for the story and then I'll go back and look at it later for the art. So that's kind of my process. So if I can't do that, it's going to be like, um, yeah, that's a good question. That's a tough one. Um, plus, I would love to read uh, amazing comics, you know, all the time. Well, I, I, I like reading bad comics. I think that's the other part of this. Like, <laughs> I like, like the good ones and I like the ones that are like, oh, God, why would you do this? You just, but, so if you choose to that, you would just read amazing comics all the time. You're just upset because you're like, oh, this one's good, too. <laughs> I think you got to have the bad. I think you got to have some bad comics, too. You got to have some you got to have some uh, the bad to notice it's really good. Yeah, you got to have some clone sagas and you got to have some, you know, do not tarnish the name of Ben Riley. <laughs> you got to have some nightfalls and you, you have to have some some bad. <laughs> anyway, OK, here's my question for you, Lance. Yep. Would you rather own every comic you've ever wanted, but never be allowed to talk about it with anyone else? Or get to read every comic you ever wanted to read, but never actually own any of them? See, now this is hard because I feel like I could read every comic I ever want to read with just like purchasing it digitally nowadays, but not being able to own it. That's hard. So like immediate, obviously my immediate thought is being able to read Invincible, but then never being able to own it. That's (laughs) pretty brutal. Lance Lance has been trying to collect every issue of Invincible um, in real life and He's, he's getting close, right? I'm only 11 away. 11 issues away. That's impressive. Yeah. Uh, but being able to own every comic I've ever wanted. Now, the question is, when I own it, I can't talk about it. But if I didn't own it, then I could talk about it again. Right. Okay. So I'm taking that one then, and I'm saying every super expensive comic and then selling them, and then I can talk about them afterwards. Oh, you, that's that loophole, though. No, it's 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 more I've, like I've you broken could... the riddle. <laughs> you could you have if you you can own everything, but you can't talk about the ones you own, even if you get rid of them, even if I get rid of them. No, you have to own them for the rest of your life. You can't get oh, you I can't, can't, I sell, can't them. sell them. There's, there's no comic selling market oh. in this riddle. <laughs> you own it and you keep it forever. <laughs> Fine. Then I'll just read everything but never actually own it because of course i want to talk about the books that i have that's the whole point of collecting yeah, yeah. it's it shows that comics is a social uh, yeah. hobby but if i could sell them <laughs> then i sure. would do ama- i i've always wanted amazing fantasy 15 flip that and then buy a very or put a nice down payment on a home that'd be good so you can tell who the seller the, the comic seller is in, in our our duo here <laughs> i'm just like yeah selling whatever i'm i'm fine just reading them but like i'll collect the ones i want for like art um i do that too i just also flip books you just sell them. <laughs> all right well that that is a, a nice conundrum riddle to end on uh let us know what you would rather do would you rather own a bunch of comics but never talk about them uh would you rather read every comic but never actually own them would you rather have every comic be incredible but you get to read it only once or watch amazing movies you know like let us know what you think uh follow us on twitter let us know on our twitter and instagram uh what your answers are it's time to close the book on the Riddler. Let's th- let let's do the uh, let's do the ending as a question okay. in honor of the Riddler. 
So until next time, this is Chris. And this is Lance. Reminding you to keep your friends close. But your comic books closer? Sounds like we're just really confused. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, that's how you make it a question. <laughs> that is how you make a question. Yep. I'll put that as our soundbite at, at, at through yeah. the end. That, that is, is a question. That is a question. <laughs>